Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article each week and we talk about what we Dan, find. Dan, you did it again. Each week? Yeah, you said each week. You know what? I didn't even read the script. Okay, it's staying in. It. It's staying in. Brilliant. What are we... Right, plow on. Simon, what are we talking about this week? Well, this week, Dan, I'm so glad you asked in a totally error-free, definitely not repeated a few times intro. Fantastic. Um, we are talking about the one, the only, you all know him, many of you love him, Fortunato Ariola. You're joking. Not, not old Fortunato Ariola. I know. My favourite section of the boob. Yes. Um... The most, so, um, the most lucky area of the boob, I think, Fortunato. <laughs> yeah. Right, so this, is, this article is exactly what I wanted to highlight, I think, with this podcast. It, it exemplifies what I thought I, I wanted the Wikicast to be about, and it's only taken us 75 episodes to get there. Marvelous. Because I've never heard of Fortunato Areola before, uh, and it's a small, tiny little nugget of human history, a little meme of human culture... And um, it's just kind of interesting, really. So, who is he, I hear you ask? Um, He uh, was born in 1827 in Kusala, Sinaloa, Mexico. I think that's a region. Yeah, okay. Um, uh, And he was a painter. He was a painter of portraits and luminous tropical landscapes that were very popular in San Francisco, where he came to live in 1857. Now... Do you know how much do you know about American art? Because I d- I don't know very much. I have to admit. not not a great deal. I'm but I'm definitely more I'm definitely more knowledgeable on kind of European stuff. But we spent a month once trying to remember who Norman Rockwell was. <laughs> do you remember? It was like yeah. there was Nighthawks was in um uh the Harry's in Exeter, and we were like, oh god, who did that painting? <laughs> like, we, we, we were worrying about it for like ages, because I don't think we knew the name of it either. And so it's not like you can Google, you know, painting street corner, moody, mm. possibly American. Actually, if you, if, what if you do that? Hang on. Painting, I'm Googling it now, street corner, moody, American. No, it doesn't come up, actually. Golly. What happens if you? Take oh no, it does. American it does if you go into the second page of Google Image Search. Oh. But like, who does that? Um, so you know, this is this is a subject that's new to us. Again, something that I hope that we would learn stuff by doing this podcast. Um, he was the son of a wealthy landowner. He was a handsome, distinguished, and cultivated man. Good he had Lord. green fingers. Um, uh, he was self-taught as an artist and began his career painting portraits. He had a studio near the corner of Kearney and Clay Streets that was a gathering place for Mexican exiles, a place of intellectual ferment and the occasional brawl. It's just like Firehouse. Um, mm. Among his students were Toby Rosenthal and Ransom Holdredge. What a, Great names. What a name, Ransom. Ransom. How are you doing there? Here's five good ones for you. The name's Ransom Holdredge. <laughs> Most of his works imagined views of Central America disappeared after he died. Um, In 1872, he travelled to New York City to exhibit two paintings at the National Academy of Design. He was returning to San Francisco on a ship called the... Oh, Bienville? Uh, Bienville? I guess you pronounce that. Mm. Which was carrying a load of dynamite. It exploded at Watling Island, Bahamas on August 15th. (laughs) And then just to clarify, he died at sea, as if somehow being on a ship which was carrying a load of dynamite which exploded might not be fatal. Um, I've never heard of anybody anybody going out like that before. 
wow. on a on a you know transit back home you think you're safe but lo and behold what's in the trunk of the car a load of dynamite um he's lived quite the life yeah well and, di- and died quite the death uh he died at sea leaving a widow and six children Goodness. and then there's a lovely little note here at the bottom which is one of my favorite little things about wikipedia where you get these little nuggets that nobody asked for but somebody felt obliged to include there's a little one line at the bottom that just says several of his paintings are in the private collection of actor steve martin oh weird he's just, he recently did a, a master class Oh, did you get one of those interminable Facebook adverts? Yeah, and he's well, he, he's, he's teaching comedy, I think. And the irony, of course, is that nothing he does in the trailer for this is funny. Because <laughs> <laughs> um, he used to, he used to be like the top of the game, didn't he? But then he definitely yeah. he did like um oh cheaper by the dozen and, and those kinds of movies that were like that he was like a proto Adam Sandler, I guess. Oh, you've said you said the A word, Adam. Yeah, specifically in reference to Adam Sandler. Oh, yeah, yeah. A waste of flesh. Anyway, well, yeah. For those of you who haven't watched the, is it? It's the Jack and Jill Red Letter Media. They did a two-parter on how Adam Sandler films are a massive con and just money uh, laundering schemes. I uh, love that man. Yeah, it's pretty awful. A fiery, fiery passion of a thousand but, sons. But Steve Martin. Has done some funny stuff and owns several paintings by Fortunato Ariola. Well, I've just, um, so I've just put Fortunato Ariola into Google Images, and I must admit, I really like them. So there's, I'm looking at Sunset on the Sacramento River, which looks like you know what this this looks like. It needs Baumgartner restoration to give it a once over. You know the YouTube channel, mm, the guy yes. who restores the art. Yeah. This needs that's got to be some kind of varnish that needs to be taken off with um, conservation grade um, adhesive uh, solvent and using some Q-tips. I've watched so many of them that I feel like I could do the job as long as you know it was exactly like one of the previous ones. It's like how I I think I could paint Bob Ross paintings because I've watched like a hundred episodes of The Joy of Painting. But yeah, you're right; they're good. I, I, the the clouds are actually very Bob Ross like, don't you think? Mm. It's like it reminds me of you know when we went to the Moritz House in Den Haag. Did we go there? Did you go there with me? No, I didn't go to Den Haag with you. Uh, I went to the Rijksmuseum. Ah, well, in the Rijksmuseum, I believe they have some Vermeer, um, but mm. they have a they have a wider exhibition of Vermeer's work in the Moritz House, um, which features the girl with the pearl earring. Oh yes, yeah, famously. and he was he was known in his craft as like the master of light. He could just mm. he could paint with light like no other artist could, and I get a similar vibe from this Ariola chap, the difference being his pictures, rather than looking almost like photorealistic in their use of light, it's like he's painting off um, like a wreath of film. It's yeah. got that kind of grainy film quality, which I think is like is an intended thing that the kind of the light is kind of washed across the whole image like it is when you're looking through film rather than, you know, just looking with your eyes. It's actually, you know, it's useless having a painter appear on a podcast because we're having to describe all of the art to you. And so we're just like rendering it, yeah. you know, much worse. But it is, I'm looking at, um, uh, on Google Image, for me at least, it's the fifth result. And it's a very uh, cyan kind of coloured landscape with the moon behind some palm trees and a 
cowl, I think, in front. And it kind of looks like almost, almost like early Salvador Dali, if you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It almost looks like it, it, you could you could you could make it sound like an um a slightly underexposed image. Mm. The darks are very dark and the lights are very light. I like it. I'm 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 keen on this chap. Yeah. Fortunato Ariola, the lucky boob. Uh well he wasn't very lucky in his death. That's a yeah. hell of a way to go. My god. Although actually, on a on a related note, um you'd be very welcome to join us. Uh we've been playing some Black Wake recently, which I don't know if I don't assume you've ever played. Is that the boat one? So it's like Guns of Icarus, but it's on age of sail ships, yeah. Um so I desperately desperately want to play this game. Oh, it's so good. Well, we do it every Tuesday on stream. Um, okay. And we've been playing it a little it. bit. Uh, we've been doing it a little bit um, sort of off stream as well. And yeah, it's seriously fun. Uh, we did a big stream on on Tuesday where we got like, we actually basically filled out a server with people from the community and other people jumping on, uh, including Digby um, from ZF Clan, uh, who oh, cool. you may know from uh, Soviet Wombles videos, uh, but also is a big streamer in his own right. Um, and he, he joined us and was super into it. He was like, I love this game. It just kind of faded away in popularity. And now like other people are playing it again. It's just really fun so yeah for those of you who are at home uh, it's um i i have had the experience of having a ship just blow up underneath me uh it's a very it, it it's very um visceral in how it depicts cannonball violence uh, mm. i have seen hugo and ed and danvi and all these people from the discord absolutely go just yeeted off the side of a pirate ship with this ragdoll physics we we rammed a ship the other day and a guy literally just burst he, it was like he just collapsed into a selection of stakes uh, and then i got and then I, I about a second later there was just a black screen with the text you were shot in the head which is the only kind of death where you don't get to see your uh your demise um so yes, um, definitely buy it. Definitely join us. We do it on Tuesday nights. Uh, you'd be very, very welcome to to join us. Mm-hmm. I, I'm, in a, I'm sim- doing... a similar vein. I, I want to play Sea of Thieves. See, that's the thing. They're very related games, but what I think, what I've heard about Sea of Thieves is that because it's more open world mm. um, and it's less combat oriented. Obviously, there is a lot of combat in it, but it's not as in depth as the Black Wake stuff. That's but that would be fine as a game if there was enough content in the rest of the game to make up for the lack of combat. Mm. And what I've been told is that there just isn't enough content. It's like a it's like a triple A title game in terms of price, mm. but there's not very much to do in it. Now that might have changed. I'm very willing to be corrected in correspondence, but I, I that's what I've been told. Um, whereas Black Wake, I think, is seven quid. I bought a bunch of copies for people in the community, actually. You can buy one yourself. Because um, I, I spent, like... Do you know, last month, because of lockdown, uh, obviously very difficult to spend money on anything, frankly. Um, last month, I think I spent... I'm just going to look up my Monzo statistics. I spent £100 on Steam last month, Dan. <laughs> wow. That's um, pretty good going. Admittedly, 35 of that was for the community. But, yeah, I bought... Um, uh, what did I buy? What was the twenty pound? Oh no, no, twenty pounds of that. I'm sorry, is for uh, Just Dance on the Switch. Um, but I got Mechanicus, which is one of my favourite games I've ever played, and I play on Sundays on stream. And I'm desperate to get back to it, which is like XCOM but 40k, and it's got oh, the cool. most incredible soundscape. Like the 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 sound design and the music is so good. Uh, whereas you, am I correct in saying you've been playing a lot of of Worlds of Warcraft? 
I have. I haven't played as much in the last week or so, but that's pretty much what I've been <laughs> I've been playing. I have been I've been on another Chomsky binge. No, I saw week. this. Yeah, because yeah. I bought uh, some Chomsky. I bought um, Manufacturing Consent, which I need to Oh, read. cool. Yeah, yeah. So I have um, The Essential Chomsky and Understanding Power, I think, are the mm-hmm. two, two collections of his works that I have. And then the other day I watched Requiem for the American Dream, um, which ah, is, yeah. as I understand it, it's like a slightly more abridged, well, considerably more abridged version of what you can, what you find in understanding power. And he goes through the, the, the 10 principles of under, understanding power and wealth, um, and go and, and is kind of looking at this idea of the American dream and, um, social class mobility was something that, um, that you know caused you know the, the the majority of early um immigration to america was was based on this idea that you know mm. you could come with nothing and if you worked hard um and you wanted it enough you could you could make something of yourself and chomsky was saying you know by the end of you know that was pretty much gone um as we were rocking into the 60s um and now it's you know even less so and this this documentary only came out i think in 2018 um but I it's think really I've fascinating it. have has it got like a bunch of title sequences which has got um like dollar bills being yes yeah i've seen this yeah i yeah. remember thinking this was really interesting it's really cool and especially how he he relates um these ideas of basically like so like what's happening now is um you know government needed a solution to this problem of there being too much democracy so they came up with this idea and this idea is basically what happened in ancient you know in in um in in plato's republic however plato's republic went in a slightly different in a a slightly different way and he he relates it back to antiquity he relates it to um early early 17th late 16th century legislation in britain and it's just like yeah it's just repeating itself over and over again and it's it's crazy and then i contrasted that with as i reach over for my copy of the economist um <laughs> there was a really really fascinating the kind of the, the 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 title article of um of this well it's actually last week's um article is called after the disease the debt governments will owe vast amounts after the crisis here's how to deal with it and that's the most terrifying paragraph that i'll i'll briefly read to you now an astonishing deterioration in the public finances is unfolding. America's government is set to run a deficit of 15% of GDP this year, a figure that will go up if more stimulus is needed. Across the rich world, the IMF says gross government debt will rise by $6 trillion to $66 trillion at the end of this year, or 105% of GDP to 122%, a greater increase than was seen in any year during the global financial crisis. If the lockdown lasts longer, the load will be greater. Managing such colossal debts will burden Western societies for decades to come. And that's the second paragraph of like a three, four page article. And it's it's really interesting stuff. And the proposals are really interesting. So I'm, I'm curious as to see the, the the methods that they outline in this article, whether that is seen in in the coming you know weeks and months of the lockdown, mm. um, but it's yeah it's really interesting, yeah and terrifying. Uh, it's it's yeah I mean that's the I think the word that I would probably choose. Um, it's uh, it's spooky times to put it mildly, um, mm. and you know we're we're very lucky in that we are not a, a hugely at risk group 
um, for people like, for example, our parents who are older, and also people that are friends like Dan Dan Hanvey, um, mm. who, who is super high risk. You know, it's it's not just a hypothetical. It is if I leave the house, there is a very real chance that I will catch something and die. Whereas we are free to, if we want to go to the shops to pick something up, you know. Um, mm. It's. Uh, I hope everybody out there is staying. Safe. I looked at the webcam. Weirdly, then I've been streaming so much that I was just about to launch into a PSA, and I I reflexively looked at my webcam, which is covered Golly. up with, with Such white tack. Yeah, well, it's covered up with white tack because of Pixel Go. A, a point which I will return to. I have a story to tell you in just a sec. Mm. Um, just wanted to say, yeah, I hope people in the community are, are staying well. They're probably all hip sick of everybody on podcasts and on videos telling them this, but uh, you know, obey the social distancing. Don't listen to Elon Musk. Uh, don't be a shit. and um, yeah wash your hands that's just you know all I wanted to say mm. um, so yeah about Pixel Girl so she has really gotten into a running recently as have I um, we've been running a lot together um, and she has a Garmin smartwatch so right uh, it's it lo- logs her heart rate and um, her location and all these kind of things I immediately thought of a smartwatch entirely made of fur because you said Garmin and I heard ermine. Oh, I thought you would go for Charmin. It's just like a uh, bunch yeah. of toilet rolls. Probably about as valuable as a smartwatch, to be fair. Mm. Um, so um, it, it's a, it's really useful and, it, and, it, and it's allowed her to keep track of her heart rate while she's running and it tells her if it's getting a bit high. Like we were running the other day and it was really quite warm and I think her heart rate was at like 196 or something. <laughs> And we were like, oh, yeah, we, we need to 196. stop. 196? It was, yeah, it peaked at something. Oh, my goodness. Was it, it was something absolutely outrageous. 196 was, is, like, is, is insanely high. It was like the peak heart rate for her age group. I'm actually just going to double check. Uh, peak heart rate for uh, year old. Let's have a look. Because a resting heart rate for, of a healthy young person is what? It's something like between 65 and 85? Uh, yeah, and hers is about 60, I think. She's got quite yeah. a low resting heart rate. Yeah, uh, yeah, I think it might have been about 180, 190. It was like... The, for for a, a 24-year-old, a maximum heart rate is like 190, 200. So anyway, I'm getting away from the point. In a, in a podcast known for not getting on tangents, I'm going off on one. Um, and basically, it, it's, it's very clever in that it will text me if she goes on a run. Uh, or a walk like any kind of activity and it will say here this is her location you can follow this link um and you know this is the contact whatever um, so you have you have become big brother in this i have become voluntarily this was her she she has put this in, in place um and um i got a text the other day i think it was on monday um that said we think that uh pixel girl has gotten into an incident based on her heart rate and the fact that she's been stationary um so i immediately got my phone and i was i was like oh hang on right I'll, i don't know who i should call first should i call an ambulance or should i call her um and then actually before i could do anything she called me mm. um and i thought well that means it's not as bad as i thought it was because i thought you know max what's what's happened is her heart rate's massively spiked but she's in one place that means she's either had a heart attack or mm. she's been hit by a car or something mm. and she so she she called me and she she was like oh no 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 don't worry don't worry it's fine um i a, a, a caterpillar landed on me uh, and of course what had happened was a caterpillar had landed on her top and she had freaked the out yeah her heart rate had just spiked she was running like and then stayed still trying to wipe this thing off whilst her heart was going like the clappers um 
And then she called me and I, I will have to put in some of the audio because I recorded a little bit of this call because it was the most ridiculous experience. Um, she, <laughs> she, she was in a quiet state when she called me. Let's put it like mm. that. <laughs> what happened? It's eyes. What? Sorry. It's off me. Is it? Did you kill it, or is it still alive? No, no, no. Oh. Okay. Oh my god! I just blow my nose. I don't. I, need, uh, I don't know if this leaves poisonous, but I need. Honey, do you realise how few poisonous species there are in the UK? And then I was like, oh hell, but how big? How big was this caterpillar? Like mm. this is this is you know you, you're not afraid of insects, uh, and I will put in the Discord, Dan, the image that she sent me. Okay. Of what caused this, what I thought was a heart attack. This was the terrifying beast that she was dealing with. Wow, it's like a zeppelin. <laughs> it's like some some behemoth of a dirigible. It's, it's about, tiny. It's, it's about like, five it's probably... millimeters long. Yeah. <laughs> it's Gosh. the tiniest thing. Oh, it's and really I, cute. It's really. I thought it was really cute, and I've seen these all over, and it made a have watched think she'd had a heart attack um but then she put the phone down and then about two minutes later i got another phone call from her and she was really upset oh. Oh, sake. right i'm just gonna be bald and just remove this one with my fingers get off me get off me now go 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 i think i must have like gone through a nest or something I can't deal with this. There's going to be so many caterpillars. Honey, look, no, I promise you that no matter how many caterpillars there are, you're going to be okay. Look, they're scary to you, and that's what matters. I'm coming home now. Okay, I'll see you in a bit, and I'll, I'll have the, the crisis blanket ready. Thank you, buddy. I love you. I love you too. You're going to be okay, honey, I promise. And she had something like she'd found like five of them all over her. And I was like, where are you running? Yeah, was <laughs> where, she running where? through cocoons? Yeah, that's the, I was like, where are they falling from trees onto you? I don't understand unless you're rolling around in the ground how this many caterpillars have gotten on you. Yeah, um, she was actually she actually she'd gone on more of a run than she thought. And she was just running in and out of domes at the Eden Project. Yeah, it's the only logical explanation. Got so... It. I'm sorry, Pixel Girl, because you will end up listening to this, but I was having to deal with this conversation where I was like, no, don't worry, you're safe, you're fine. The the tiny caterpillars are not going to hurt you, I promise you. And, you know, trying to balance, like, being a supportive boyfriend with this is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But, you know, I feel like I feel like we kind of, um, we worked through it, and she now sees the funny side. Yes. <laughs> she yes. may have slightly overreacted. Yeah, sorry. I just I thought that I should relay that. Absolutely. But Dan, I think it's over, I think it's time that we go over to you because much as you haven't been singing, do you have a cool piece of the week this I, fortnight? I really do. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. <laughs> So 
So my choral piece of the week this week is good because it is actually a it, it I mean it is a choral piece um, and it is Check. just one it is just one piece of music. It's not a uh, yeah. We've had some cheating in past weeks. Uh, yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Now you will know of the glorious shining soul that is Tom Newton. Hugo Wickham. Oh. No, this is this is Mr. Mr. Noon Jr. Um, Junior. Now he he studied at King's College London and was mm-hmm. part of their chapel choir there. And last week they released um a rather exciting um CD. And on that CD contains a piece called The Cloud Messenger. Oh. Um which is a forgotten work for choir and orchestra by Holst. I think I've seen this like in recommendeds on YouTube. I want to yeah, say yeah, it's 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 quite a quite a big deal, and it's really really good. I really like it. Um, there's a fantastic video that goes along with it, um, uh, where you can you can spot Mr. Tom doing making lots of low noises, and <laughs> it's it's very good. Um, and you can hear the, the rest of um, the choir of King's College London. Um, but it's it's really excellent. It's been published under Delphian Records. Uh, you can find it. I think it's on. There's certainly if you go to the Delphian Records Facebook page, there's a link to it. But I imagine it's going to be. Um, it's available to order now on Delphian Records, um, but you can get a little taster before it goes um, live proper. Right. Uh, but it's really good. So that's um, the Cloud Messenger uh, by Gustav Holst, choir and orchestra. It's thrilling and great, and they've done a really good job. Ah, I will have to to check out because uh, presumably there are uh, other other recordings are available. Yeah, I'll have to check something out on Spotify. Well, that's a that's a fun one. Thank you, Dan. Yeah, that's all right. Thank you, Tom. For so many things, really. Mm. All right, all right, all right. Now, do you have anything that you'd want to talk about in Critics Corner? I think I probably jumped the gun a bit by yeah, talking we about both that did. Chomsky documentary. I have been listening to Under the Skin, the podcasts with the podcast with Russell Brand, um, where he okay. talks to various folk, and that's really good. That's a that's a great one that he's done recently. It's about an hour and ten minutes long with Ricky Gervais. Um, mm. There's another really interesting one that he has a conversation with Brian Cox. Professor Brian Cox, hmm. and uh, and another with Neil deGrasse Tyson. Oh, okay. Oh, well. Hmm. And hmm. they're they're just they're, they're they're they make for really interesting listening. So I would I've mentioned that, and I would also mention that Louis Theroux is doing well, th- an isolation I think we're podcast. In, we're in Crisis Critics Corner now, Dan. So you've already mentioned it. Well, oh well, there you go. That's Seamless. It. Yeah, amazing. I, I was actually going to mention the Louis Theroux documentary if you uh, sorry uh, podcast if you weren't already aware of it. He interviews um, Ron Johnson, John Ronson. John Ronson? Ron Johnson. John Johnson Ronson. <laughs> You're right. Who that's do you a, mean? I have no idea who you mean. Are, you, are we talking about the same podcast? P- probably, but who's John Ronson? That sounds like a made up name. I think that's his actual name. Wait, John Ronson? Yeah, he's a, he's a documentary maker. John Ronson. Oh, yeah. This is who he interviews on the... Um, oh, I recognise the book covers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. They're, they're very, they're strikingly similar folk. But uh, yeah, he interviews, the, 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 the first episode is him interviewing John Ronson. Right, so I don't know why, I just suddenly just doubted that that was a real person's name. I had no yeah, reason well, it's, to. I mean, it's quite unique. There's very few, there's very few Ronsons. Um, mm. 
Oh, speaking of a unique name and there being relatively few of them, um, I was doing a little bit of family history reading and things because I'm I'm big into my kind of genealogy and, and heraldry and things. Mm. Um, and I came across... There is a... It is now a hotel in... Hang on, I need to f- just find the... Here we go, yeah. There is no, it's now a hotel um, in Lincolnshire um, called Cleatham Hall. That's C-L-E-A-T-H-A-M. And it's a very lovely house. And the, the house has its own Wikipedia page that gives the kind of the history of the, of the um, country house before it was a, uh, a hotel. And there's mm. some interesting stuff I was reading about it. And I thought, oh, yeah, OK, um... It's grade two listed. Uh, the main building was constructed in 1855, but some of it dates back to the 18th and 17th century. The hall was, in its early years, in ownership of the ancestors of Charles Darwin. I thought, oh, that's interesting. And if you go mm. onto the... Well, stick Cleatham Hall in, uh, into Google, Simon. Right, here we go. And find the Wikipedia page. And when you get to the Wikipedia page, click it and read the third bullet point on the contents page. So it goes, architecture, early residence, the Moore family. Yeah. Very cool. Very, So very I cool. did some reading about this and um, we bought it off, basically, historically, we bought it off residence of... Um, uh, and that, so that actually is your ancestry. Yeah, they're the same. They're from the... They're, well, they're, they're all from the same part of the world. So it's not like... It's not... It won't be my direct line. Right. But it, but it is... It is the Moore family. In fact, there's a website called the Family Moore M A W um, <laughs> that basically tracks because because it's such a such an unusual name. Um, it it tracks the kind of the sprawling history of where the Moors went, um, and it it goes over like the UK, Australia, Canada, America. It's crazy. It's really interesting. Mm. Um, I found this recently, but towards the end of this bit on who lived there and, and for how long, blah blah blah. Um, their youngest son, Wing Commander Roger Moore, which is a fantastic name and title, yeah, um, was famous for the part he played in the escape James from Bond. Um, yeah, well, yeah, um, from a German prisoner of war camp, um, Stalag Luft Drei, um, in 1943. The incident was immortalized in the book *The Wooden Horse* by Eric Williams and the subsequent movie of the same name. So I've now been looking up where I can find a copy of this book, and he's written an autobiography with his family, of of this amazing story in um hmm. from the war and and yeah I've, I've been blown away by how cool this this guy sounds like an absolute legend and also wing commander roger moore i mean come on yeah it doesn't get so much better cool. than that um wow so it doesn't really belong in critics corner but i think it's worth mentioning because it's kind of it's really interesting well the thing is dan we make the rules for this podcast we That's can do true, whatever actually, we want we do yeah we do suck it up for listeners better, for, for better or for worse <laughs> I mean, I, I don't have a huge amount to contribute to Critics Corner. I've, I've just started reading Dune by Frank Herbert, um, which I know is one of these sort of seminal science fiction works, which everybody who likes sci-fi should read. Mm. Um, but um, I, I've only just got around to it. I, I was talking to my dad about it, actually, last night. I asked if he'd read it, and he was like, no, I was too busy reading Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy and uh, Lord of the Rings. So just being nerdy in a different way <laughs> so it didn't have time to read to read june because i think ordered i've ordered a book actually 
Oh yeah. If, if we're going to re- yeah, and simply because again, it was mentioned weirdly. I, I read it in. It appeared in the Guardian, um, and also then appeared in the Economist, um, and it's called the Discomfort of Evening. By and I'm going to really butcher this because it's Dutch. Um, <laughs> Marika Lucas Reinveld. Um, and it's it, the Guardian prefaces it as, as a remarkable debut novel about a Dutch farm girl and her strict Christian family is unflinching and disturbing. Um, but it's um, she's this the, the author is twenty eight years old, um, and there's some extracts that you can read from it, and the prose is just amazing. It's so um, so poetic. That's bit yeah. So. Um, Translated by Michelle Hutchinson, Reinveld's writing is raw and impassive, though often grotesquely vivid in its descriptions. Skinned knuckles look like ruptured prawns heads. Bits of wet crisps in the swimming pool stick to your feet like blisters. Um, Jazz has a singular uh, imagination too. She pictures her dead granny's face beginning to ooze eggnog as thin as yolk out of eye sockets and port. Like, it sounds really, really intense. But I I love reading... um, translated works because you get these amazing bits of it reads almost like poetry um mm. because obviously like reading and re- reading an english um book there are turns of phrase and little kind of idiosyncrasies that we all know that have kind of have kind of um found their way into into the nation's idiolect over centuries whereas yeah. you you all of them seem really different and new and exciting when you get the, the foreign equivalents of those um, yeah, so that's yeah, the, discom- the, the discomfort of evening, and I've I've ordered it, so it should be coming. I'm quite excited. Oh wow! Because I think I, I, you know I'm sure that you probably figured the same as me in that um, this is the perfect time to get into reading. Yeah. Uh, not I mean, uh, would you say that you've been reading a lot anyway recently? Because in your degree, you didn't do a huge amount because you were reading so much for the degree. Yeah, I didn't do much reading for pleasure because there was just the sh- the sheer quantity of of, of work to read. Yeah. Um, either either novels or you know um, papers and things. Um, I've read I've read a fair bit. I haven't read a great deal to be honest. I've been enjoying just you know doing more kind of physical things, so gardening and knitting or whatever. Um, but I recently I recently reorganised the bookshelf. Oh what? Um, I read so- yeah I read a I read an interesting thing about cultivating home libraries, and I thought ooh okay, I'm going to. I'm going to give that a go, and I've now got. A, I've also added onto the shelf a kind of feature shelf of um, of where I keep all the kind of booze in the house because I no longer have. When my housemate was here, we had a cocktail cabinet where we kept everything, and that was quite nice. Mm. But because that's gone, because he's moved out, I now have a kind of little feature bit in the middle of the bookshelf where there's the cocktail shaker and various different spirits and drinks and things. So, is it just you in the house at the moment, or do you have uh, any company in the house? It's just, it's just me, right? Um, and it's quite nice actually. I've I've realised I'm really very happy in my own kind of solitude, like a, um, a Miss Havisham kind yeah, of. Yeah, and I think that probably be, is because you know I spent so long away from family in Australia, as you yeah. will know, um, and I've probably mentioned it on the podcast before, but um, you know. A, a good year and a half at least um, close to two years was was me staying with a with family friends in in australia as my parents had to move back to to the to europe um and then going from there straight to working in yorkshire 
um, before I came down to uni and then going straight to uni, it basically meant that for, you know, four, five, six, nearly six and a half years, I wasn't with, I wasn't at home. Was it I'd still that call long? And talk. Yeah. If you, wow. if you, if you tally it all up through it, so like all of, all of uni, um, that year before and in Australia, I would, I, you know, I would go home, but it might be for like, while I was at uni, it might be for Christmas or something, but mm. not actually living at home. Um, it, 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 I became quite kind of self-reliant, not so much in perhaps like financially when I was well, a, you're a teenager. A <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But um, in keeping one's own kind of confidence and yeah, not going mad. So I'm all right. He says, I'm all right. Yeah, I I'm promise. Right. I'm fine. I'm fine. He I'm says, good for it, mate. I'm good I'm just for trying it. To, I'm, just kind of, I'm just trying to get all these bugs that I can feel under my skin. You know, I, I, otherwise I feel <laughs> completely fine. Completely fine. Um and, oh, we've, and of course, we have been blessed with really lovely weather. It's yeah. Only been, it's only been raining really this week, but previously we've had just week after week of comically lovely weather. It's been about 22 degrees at least in Exeter. Yeah. Um, I mean, you probably got the best weather in the country actually down there because yeah, here it's, it's been nice, but uh, not been stunning. Well, oh, you're making me all jealous now. You're making me wish that I was uh, back down. I still think of Exeter as being kind of home. I don't know if that's yeah. stupid. I don't think so. I just was there for so long. And yeah. I, I think also, like, because I, I went through a huge amount of personal development when I was there, that, mm. like, you know, I felt like I definitely became who I am now whilst I was at Exeter. Yeah. So, and I think, I think too, what's important is the time, the, the kind of the reason you were in Exeter and the life you were living for all, for all that time that you were here meant that you were um, more kind of, in tune with and active within the kind of wider Exeter community and everything that's going on. So it wasn't mm. simply because you resided there for an extended period of time. It was that you were actually kind of active in that place. Whereas like you could move to somewhere, you know, say I moved to London and had a really full on job. I might spend a similar amount of time there, but if it's just all work and you're not actually kind of getting out and getting to know the place and know the people, um, it probably wouldn't have the same feeling. Yeah, and, and I think quite apart from the fact that like I just didn't really enjoy my time at Oxford quite so much. Like as you say, I wasn't so involved in the broader community. Like as Exeter is, I, I identify with Exeter as a city. I think a, a fair bit more because I was so involved in doing stuff at the cathedral and the churches all over the the, the city. Whereas when you're in, when I was an undergrad, I wasn't doing that so much. And it's kind of yeah. it's kind of funny, really, in that like. I, I always say this to people when they're choosing um, uh, where they want to study. And it's like, you know, it's not just about going to uni there. Mm. It's, it is about um, picking a home and, um, and, and making this city where you will identify it as being your new home. And it's just picking based on, you know, whether the department is good. It's, it's, that's obviously important, but it's not, it's not the be all and end all, you know? Yeah. It was, in, that's so, it's interesting. I was talking about this with, um, it might've been my parents or friends or something. Um, but I was thinking about when I, was due, I was like a month away from due to like leaving Australia. I had received my I had received my IB results, um, and it would have been like kind of a couple of weeks more than I'd be going. So the thought was on my mind of like, right, UCAS, what's happening there? Um, mm. And I, you know, I'd applied to kind of various places up and down the country, and 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 had been putting applications across for Oxbridge. Um, and I look back and I think, kind of, oh, did I? 
because of the time that I left Australia, I would have had to have waited for the next round of Oxbridge entries because the Southern Hemisphere exams are all weirdly timed. Um, So I ended up not going down that route. I just, I applied to have non-Oxbridge unis and then, and then ended up here. And I thought I was looking back and thought, do I kind of regret not having seen where it went and, and maybe having ended up at a, um, at a college at Cambridge. Um, and then I, and then I think about it and go, well, actually probably not because I, I think of who I am now and I absolutely wouldn't be the person I am now were it not for all of the things that have happened by coming to Exeter. Like I am so shaped that by the, by the, second week of freshers week in my first year i went to the chapel choir come and sing and knew from that point that this if i did one thing at uni one extracurricular thing it would be this i was obsessed Mm. and adored it and it was completely new to me if i hadn't had that experience and i think if the chapel choir hadn't been as welcoming as it was and as kind of forward thinking as it is because it you know you know, if you compare it, while it's similar in 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 kind of structure to a to a collegiate college chapel choir, it's very mm. different too in the opportunities and the frequency and and, and everything. Um, so I probably wouldn't have ended up doing that had I gone somewhere else. And uh, as a result, I'd be doing different things, and I would be completely different to to the person I am now. I wouldn't be obsessing over the music maybe quite as much, or certainly wouldn't have discovered it as early and. It's really strange to think about. I suppose it's like you thinking what happens if what happened if you'd come to Exeter for your undergrad. Yeah. You know, it's, it's... Yeah. I mean, because I often say that I would have been a lot ha- I certainly would have been a lot happier. Um mm. I've no doubt about that. But then it it's this whole philosophy of uh, amor fati and and loving fate. Uh what was mm. it? One must love all that is Oh god, there's a quote from uh, the Matrix um the video games um Enter the Matrix. Uh, one, one must want nothing to be different not forwards not backwards not in all eternity not only embrace what is necessary but to love it mm. uh, and it's it's so true I, 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 it's the classic thought experiment of would you go back in time and change something about your past and honestly no uh, because yeah. I like the way that I am now I mean sure there's stuff that I would like to change about me but I wouldn't run the risk of changing stuff um, in the past that would cause me to be different now in ways that I do like yes. Um yeah, sorry, we got we got we actually went quite deep wow. for, yeah. for some reason. Well, it's fitting, fitting for like critics' corner. It's cr- criticism We're criticizing in the broadest, ourselves. <laughs> yeah, the broadest sense of the word. Um, right. Well, shall we then um, pop on over to I believe it's Patreon corner yet, the corner which we never so. forget. So we're now in Patreon Corner. This is just a very brief little corner where we want to say thank you to the people who donate on patreon.com forward slash the wikicast and allow us to do this show. Um, it pays for our hosting. It pays for uh, editing fees when Adam can edit the show for us. Uh, and we were actually discussing just before we started recording the possibility of bringing back some merch because there is a big milestone coming up this year. On the horizon. It is, it is on yeah, the horizon. It's, it's... it's not near, but it's, it's getting there. We've got to yeah. start thinking about it. Um, so I think we could take some of this Wikicast fund that is now built up because obviously we previously would have also used it to travel to see each other and record extra content Mm. Um, but um, because I do definitely want to take up that idea that we had about painting Warhammer um, together uh, Mm, and maybe get drunk and do it I think it'd be hilarious Um, uh, and um, you know if we can't travel then perhaps we can use it for this 
this project so yeah we'll, we'll see we'll see about that um so if you do choose to support the show it's one dollar or five dollars a month and if you uh, are five dollars a month then you get to pick whether you're a top cat or a top dog depending on whether you are correct or incorrect about which is the superior household pet uh, and i would like to thank the people who are correct the people who support team cat um and those are choco cat christopher betterton Colm Mansfield, Dan Hanvey, Isabel Ostrowski, John Mannion, Kenneth Kuzmirek, Leila Medina, Lewis Watson, Marcin Kosanash, where it says, uh, Nafi Iftikar, Oliver Burkhart, Oliver Craigie, Omar Miranda, Princess Andromeda, Rents Kirk, Riverward, Tom Withington, Trustworthy Ginger, and William Humphreys. Thank you so much for your support. And I would like to say a massive thank you to our top dogs, clearly uh, the senior of the two, uh, the two species. First um, to die. Lovely. Keep That's all that means. On the cast. Very, very nice. Um, so I'd like to say thank you to Alistair Fortune, Ben McMurtry, uh, Colin J. Brown, Eric Davis, Eric Bolliger, Eve Sharples, Jay Wright, Codzo, Kyle Peary, Maggie, Peter Reed, and Samantha. You're all stars, darling. All stars, darling. In your multitudes, <laughs> scarce to be counted. Whereas, oh, whereas our top cats are clearly weaklings weighing 98, 98 pints. <laughs> oh, bless. We should do a musical episode at we some point. We so should. We should do, we should try. I wonder if there's a way of us doing like a, I imagine copyright won't allow it, but can you do like, could we do like a watch party of... What, Rocky Horror or something? Rocky Horror, yeah. Because I've wondered if we could do like a a, uh, a commentary track, like what Red Letter Media do. Because mm. we could just, you know, what like sorry, what English was that? Like, <laughs> like what, what Red them Letter does. Media do. Um, <laughs> um, well, sorry, I regret. Very good. That was um, outstanding. <laughs> So, you know, we could do that because that's something you could play. It'd be easy for us to record. Yeah, all right, stop it. <laughs> stop it now. No, but um, you, you said it so perfectly in last week's episode. There are a few things that really just get me, you know? <laughs> like a sniper <laughs> like rifle they, from the visor like slit of your armor. Yeah. Oh, um, so perhaps we could record uh, one of those things what uh, Red Letter Media done is. Um, and, uh, Great. You know, that's something maybe we could do. We could pick it. Perhaps we could do a poll on Patreon. They could pick a movie. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We should we should round out the show with just a few items of correspondence. We should. We should. Top lad. So it's that time. We're heading toward the end of the podcast. Uh, so we need to have a little bit of uh, correspondence. And we're kicking off uh, with... Quite a prestigious email, Simon. Um, it's actually yes. from the it's from the Lord Mayor of London. It's Tom <laughs> Withington. Um, he says, "Dear Big Cook and Little Cook, I'm writing to you from the Lord Mayor's office. I am a long-time sufferer of the noises you make on inconsistent on an inconsistent basis. We've been very one... consistent this, this very, year. Yeah. We've been really good. The two, I'll have the, you know the, the the fortnightly episode is very fine." Um, mm. I think the first ramblings I listened to was episode three. Oh, wow. Good Lord. And it's now episode 75. We're so sorry. We're so sorry. Yeah. We're sorry. We're sorry. We're so, so sorry. That's a Nick Clegg reference for those of you who are not in the UK. Wow. That's niche. That's good. Yeah. Um, I was just wondering if either of you had been to Gloucester Cathedral. Have you been to Gloucester Cathedral? 
I don't think so. I think I'm thinking of Wells Cathedral. So Wells is the one that's got the scissor vaulting, isn't it? Yeah. Um, I don't think I've been to Gloucester, actually. I know it's supposed to be a very fine cathedral. Mm, I've never been. I want to go. And they recently received, as in in the past decade or so, um, they received a massive heritage lottery grant that helped which them a lot with stuff. You, of course, is, would know. Yes, indeed. And they did amazing things with the lighting in their lady chapel. But I digress. I've been lucky enough to sing in many uh, sing in many concerts, singing pieces such as the Foy Requiem, Mozart's Requiem, and a personal favourite, The Armed Man. Mm. I would imagine Dan would have a particular interest um, as many scenes from Harry Potter were filmed there. Indeed, they were. Um, when all the corona stuff kicked off, I decided I couldn't just sit about, so I started working on working for Cheltenham Hospital, working on the distribution of PPE. Surprisingly, at the moment, the hospital is pretty calm. Yours faithfully, Tom Withington, Lord Mayor of London. P.S. In episode five of the podcast, I think, in episode five... Oh god, my right, god! Simon sang part of a song and said it was Rage Against the Machine when it was actually System of a Down. This still annoys me to this day. <laughs> fantastic uh, i'm so sorry i am so sorry uh about that my my 2000s i probably was 2000s uh alt rock knowledge is clearly not up to scratch mm. um i'm sorry i'm sorry <laughs> the official song of the wiki cast amazing um and great stuff work yeah working for cheltenham hospital in the distribution of ppe how brilliant we have another message here from Michael Jones, uh, who who says, bypassing astropathic relay, loading message, greetings, Mrs. Clark and Moore. I hope this psychic transmission finds you well, and apologies for the dead astropath the reception of the message has caused. Well, humble servant of chaos undivided, Michael, once again for your corner of correspondence. Humble servant of chaos undivided here. Um... <laughs> I was pleased to hear my last transmission reached you without incident back in the 21st millennium when the show was still being produced. It must truly be Seench's will that you receive my messages. <laughs> I like this idea that he's like, he's just casting these out into a vortex and they're spat yeah. out into our Gmail. Um, Isolation in the eye has been going well. I've been using this time to work on my long neglected university work and begin working on my grey pile of shame. No, 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 not a grey pile of shame. It's a, gr- a pile of future glory. Mm. That's, the, that's the attitude. Um... I have found Simon's daily streams and the backlog of Wikicast episodes great company for these dark days. As for embarrassing apothecarium stories... Oh, thankfully I have none of note. Uh, I was waiting for that to go really dark. Uh, outside that one visit after a night of partying at one of the Dark Prince's pleasure palaces. Following mm. your discussion as to which faction Dan could start, I have some recommendations. Outside of Age of Sigmar, the Middle Earth strategy battle game, also by Games Workshop, might be of interest as they have some wonderful sculpts. Alongside this, there is also the Harry Potter miniatures game produced by Knight's Models. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what? I did not know this was a thing. This, uh, I've just started sweating. Has some lovely resin pieces and would be very much up Dan's Diagon Alley. I'd yeah. be more than happy to send Dan a set, sat in my pile of shame knowing it would go to a loving home. Hang on, right, I'm going to... Knight's Models, Harry Potter, let's have a look. Yeah. Knight's Models, Harry Potter. Because I know uh, A Song of Ice and Fire has a good, a very good, I've been told, uh, miniatures game associated with it. Um, Oh, Dan. Oh, these look, these look great. Oh, Dan. Wow. Oh, wow. There's a great Voldemort one. Holy shit. Oh, wow. Yeah. Hey, oh, I think we found cool. your we found your calling. Wow. Oh, I can just feel my wallet getting lighter. It's like those uh, old um, 
Steam sale adverts. Do you remember? It's like, yeah. Are you oh ready for the car? Look at the Dementor one. That this there's an unpainted Dementor. Oh, that's sick. That looks really cool. Goodness. Okay. Well, the way that the I'm looking at the uh, what is presumably the official paint job on Bellatrix. It's <laughs> it's certainly something. Yeah. Her eyes are. Uh, she's done a whole load of Molly. That's that's quite something. Goodness. Oh, and they, they, wow! They've got loads of. They, they, oh, the Death Eater ones are really cool as well. I'm looking at one that's like Death Eaters, uh, the the trio, and then a bunch of spiders. Oh, these are. Oh, wow! Yeah, I'm liking this a lot. Oh, these are great. Oh, how does the system work? How does the combat work? I have no idea. I don't care. I just sit and paint them and look at them and then paint more and look at more yeah oh boy even i'm tempted holy shit. it's about games workshop prices so hagrid and fang are like 18 pounds gryffindor students oh wait hang on who'd you get in the Gry- the order of the phoenix is a, is a set for 30 quid and that's like moody tonks um shacklebolt uh serious and or two serious is actually because you get them in dog form and then who are the Gryffindor students? Dog form. Sirius has activated dog form. form. You formed the dog. My trap card. <laughs> <laughs> Sirius came bounding over. <laughs> oh, I'm, yeah, I, I can see my, me spending an awful lot of money on this. Well, thanks for that, Michael. Uh, the grad, that's the graduate gamer. Thank you very much for that, uh, for pickpocketing Dan's wallet. Mm. Um, the last of the sacrificial surfs seems to be fading, thus my connection grows weak. So I'll end this transmission on a question for you both. If you could have any one guest on the podcast who is still alive, who would it be? Wow, that's really, that's pretty tough, isn't it? Oh boy, yeah, like any... Because who? it's not so much a question of who I would like to have a chat with. I think it's more who would be a really good fit for this kind of podcast. I think Stephen Fry would be a natural Yeah, I, would, I was thinking Stephen Fry. It's a bit, or it's a bit playing, playing the long game and thinking, who could you have as a guest that would be so incredible that it would just bring so much traffic to the podcast? You know? Uh, yeah. In which case, like, let's have the queen. <laughs> let's have wow. The, let's, I, let's I always have... thought you were going to go for, like, Billie Eilish or something. You were like, no, the fucking queen. <laughs> no, Billie Eilish. I mean, I mean, I, I mean, I wouldn't be opposed to having her on. Billy, um, if you're if you're listening, <laughs> give us yeah. a shout. Sandyledgecatumel.com. <laughs> Pop us an email. <laughs> Um, Can you imagine if somebody voices to her and she's like, yeah, that sounds fun. I'll do that. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like sweating. It's like if we actually had got Dodie on the show. You'd just be. A, oh, don't, a don't joke about those kind of things. I'll, I'll, <laughs> I'll fall over again. So there we go. The Queen and Stephen Fry. Imagine if we got them together. That would be a hell of a, oh. a hell of a show. The Wikicast presented by Stephen Fry and the Queen and two losers. That would yeah, be how like, newspapers would report it. Yeah. Do you think the Queen's ever been on a podcast? Would BB no. would BB have first ever podcast? Hang on, Queen on a podcast. Can't imagine that she ever would have been. There's, she's probably done broadcasts that have been released as podcasts, but I don't think she's explicitly been on one. She's not been on like Joe Rogan, or, or under like the skin that. with Russell Brand. Brand. <laughs> Can you imagine if Louis Theroux interviewed the Queen? Oh, oh, she. I think she would beat him. I honestly think that she would be able to out, not out awkward, but undo the awkwardness. Yeah. Like, it's, she's quite something. God bless her. God bless you, Madge. So, Simon, what have we learned today? 
Well, we've learned about the remarkable life of Fortunato Ariola, uh, who was a painter, a, a painter that we both quite like, actually. Um, a Mexican, lived in the US, died in the Bahamas after the boat that he was on slightly exploded. Um, and after that, we talked about, oh, God, we actually packed a lot into this episode. You can tell that we're a bit socially isolated and we're not used to having, you know, <laughs> social interactions. <laughs> Uh, we, what did we talk about? You, you, are, you had a choral piece of the week, courtesy of I Tom did, Noon. brought to us from King's College, the, the choir of King's College London, um, and it's and very good it is too. We spoke about the Chomsky documentary, everything that we've been reading, the games you've been playing, you're buying yeah. some new armies for painting. Yeah, and books and all, all manner of geeky things, oh my. Uh, it's, it's been... And then, and then we kind of went on a very self... You know, we were, did a lot of self-reflecting. Uh, mm. It was it was a bit weird. We we got in rather deeper than we normally do on this show, so apologies for that. For those of you, again, that's two shows in a row where we've we've had like content. We we we, we market this as non content, but I think we've got to be careful, Dan. We're almost turning into a legitimate podcast. Yes, yeah, well, I think it's 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 a clear example of how the how this isolation period is affecting us. Please, government, end the shutdown. We want to just yeah. chat about nonsense. You know, we don't want to do, do best. We don't want to talk about the concept of amor fati and Mexican art. Yeah, indeed. And that's all for this week's episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us in your podcasting service of choice. Join the Discord, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Mexican artist recommendations, video game recommendations, and other recommendations on the recommendations can be recommendations to us at Spongy Recommendation at Recommendation Recommendation. We'd love to hear from you. That's very good. Really very good. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And we'll, and we'll see, see you next you recommendation. You know, Hello, we don't I'm need Dan. to sing the theme song every time, but I like that we do. Oh, we've got, yeah, we've got to. We've got to it, sing it. It feels wrong. <laughs> yeah, if you, do, if you don't sing it before we start recording, it doesn't feel like we're doing a serious podcast. Do, do you think you're in the right key? No, I think I'm slightly flat. So, hang on, you went... Bum. No, I think it's... I think it's bum, 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 bum. Hang on, I'm going to play it now. Yeah, I think it was pretty much spot on. If anything, Whoa. maybe slightly sharp, but pretty uh, well, spot on. Well, sharpness is better than flatness. Yes, this is. That That's was always good. what I told Michael. I was like, "He's like, you've got a bit sharp," and I was like, "Well, you know, I don't mind that so much as hearing Alex Gordon." Uh, anyway, um, of course, shall we, should we, uh, do, that should we do that again? And I'll yeah. sing it in tune. Bum 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 bum. Hello, I'm Dan, and I'm Simon, and this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes a. Oh, Oh, oh you he's did ruined it. it. Let's do it again. That can be in the uh, that can be in the outro. God, I haven't cocked up the intro in a long time. This is all going in the outro. We've got Brilliant. like a two minute outro now. Do you know what's through thrown me off? Singing the tune in it, singing the tune in tune. <laughs> You're not okay. used to being in the right key. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> bum ba dum bum 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 bum.